love. My eyes see injustice, my hands vote for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. You are back on your favorite radio station, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, with your host, Muhammad Sheikh. In our book reading segment this week, we learn more about Sheikh Ahmad Didat, rahimahullah, from the biography, Ahmad Didat, The Man and His Mission, a biography written by Professor Gulam Vahid. The reading is by Rashida Davids. Stay tuned. Didat's uncompromising stance continues to evoke mixed reactions. Iqbal Jassad of the Media Review Network described him as a pioneer who understood the strategic significance of communication skills. He expended enormous energies to develop and deploy such skills to promote and defend Islam. Ahmed Dida's contribution to Islam in South Africa can never be ignored nor denied. His role in defending Islam from malicious and hostile propagandists needs to be accorded due respect and honor. Now, shortly after Didat's death in 2005, Somali journalist Bashir Goth of Halij Times wrote, Didat had a firm belief in the magic of words, not just because he was aware of his skill in debating, but because he was a man who understood that Islam had won hearts over the centuries through the peaceful strength of its spoken word and not through the hoofs of its horses. Unshackled by the traditional elitist language of Islamic academia and untainted by the jihadist rhetoric of the radical ideologues, Didat adopted the simple and peaceful approach of the medieval Muslim traders who spread Islam through their character and their trading acumen. There are many similar, often hyperbolic, complementary narratives. The author Huda Hatab wrote to Didat in 1985 that she found his booklets about Islam and Christianity very beneficial. As an ex-born-again Christian, I find it very valuable to learn the Islamic versions of the various subjects and the way you present Christianity makes me laugh at myself and wonder how I ever believed all the stuff that the Christians preach. Hatab was born Samantha Scott in Blackpool, England and raised as a Protestant. She had been a regular churchgoer, but in her teens felt that many of her questions were unanswered. She studied various religions before embracing Islam in 1983. After completing a degree in Arabic at the School of Oriental and African Studies in London in 1986, she authored numerous books on Islam. Even some who did not embrace Islam were moved by Didat's writings, as was the case with renowned Finnish pianist and Lutheran minister Richard Jarnefeldt, who featured in the 1999 Guinness Book of World Records for having a piano repertoire of 3,000 songs that he plays from memory. Upon learning of Didat's death in 2005, he wrote to the IPCI, My mistake was that I never had a chance to meet Sheikh Didat. Fortunately, our correspondence reached him in time. I got to know a warm and caring person whose devotion to God and persistent effort in God's name was exemplary to anyone in any religion all over the world. I felt grand sorrow after Sheikh passed away. I became acquainted with Sheikh Didat's theology by chance. In 1990, the state of Qatar organized a fair in Finland. I was looking at one stand when a man from another stand came to me 
and very friendly handed me a beautiful holy Quran. He thought I was a Muslim since I had a long beard. I explained I was not entitled to take such a gift and besides could not read any Arabic. Instead of the holy Quran, he gave Sheikh Didad's book the choice. When I returned home, I started to devour the book of Sheikh. It seemed to answer many questions very wisely and was well written. It kind of talked to the reader. In 2003, I started my studies again. When it came to do my final examination, I had a topic, the presentation of the theology of Sheikh Didat to Finnish theologians. While there was enormous support for Didat among millions worldwide, he had many implacable opponents whose views are discussed where appropriate. This study does not evaluate Didat's theological arguments in any depth. His works and those of his critics are widely available for readers to obtain and make their own judgments. There seems little point in reproducing the two sets of arguments here. Instead, the study seeks to situate Didat historically and weave the facts of his life and mission into a coherent narrative. Biological narrative is not an easy genre to write, and I have tried to avoid being either hagiographic or creating a picture of Didat as a character in a bad novel. Didat was a complex figure who, while he seemed answerable to no one in the way he went about his life's mission, was clearly a man of the people, one whose simple lifestyle and use of ordinary language made him seem one of us. The apparent contradictions in his life simply reflect the fact that most lives are incoherent. Transformation is central to Didat's story as the way that he imagined and reimagined himself and his mission changed with time, as did the attitudes of people towards him. There are broader issues to keep in mind as we examine Didat's life, the relationship between culture and power, the importance of mimicry in religious discourse, the reading of text against the grain, the nature of anti-colonial discourse in a context of subjugation, and... As Hirschkin asks, what kinds of religious argumentation can provide for religious coexistence within a democratic political arena that is not beholden to the secular principle of religious indifference? In time, as South Africa's political climate changed and the ambit of its targets widened to include Hindus who shared a racial background to many Muslims, Dida's approach made many Muslims uneasy. Many of his admirers began to question the wisdom of his approach when the relationships with friends and associates became strained. Others criticized Didat's support for conservative Middle Eastern regimes. This book, then, is a story about the choices that Didat made and the social, political and economic context in which he made them. It is the understanding of both structure and agency of Didat as both a product and maker of history that this book seeks to understand. In addition to his many personal attributes, Didat was helped in his mission by factors such as the growth of transnational organizations from the 1970s, the post-1973 oil boom, the emergence and influence of Muslim youth movements in many countries of the world, and especially the technological revolution which allowed his message to circulate globally. Also crucial was the worldwide Islamic resurgence, the ACME, of which was the 1979 Iranian Revolution. While the context undoubtedly influences what is possible, Didat was one of those individuals who by sheer force of personality influenced the course of events.
Didat was always in the maelstrom of controversy, and opinion on his life and work remained sharply divided both inside and outside the Muslim world. In narrating Didat's life, the advice of Patrick French writing about his biography of V.S. Napal was noted, namely that the biographer's aim should not be to sit in judgment. The words of former U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt are also a here. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. His place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. It is hoped that this book offers readers a deeper understanding of Didat's life and legacy and serves not to close but to open the debate on his contribution to the world. Didat himself would have welcomed this. As this book shows, he was always up for a good argument. That reading was from the biography Ahmad Didat, The Man and His Mission by Professor Ghulam Vahid. Thank you for joining me, Muhammad Sheikh, on Born to Serve on your favorite radio station, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. We hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed Born to Serve and we hope, inshallah, to podcast the session on our website. Any comments may be directed to zulfab at vocfm.co.za. Until the next time, from myself, Muhammad Sheikh, keep well, keep steadfast on deen, and keep us all in your du'as. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.